know, you give voice to people that would be voiceless. Right now, your show has the pulse of the culture. Yeah. Everyone smells rich <laughs> and successful. Where y'all at now? Can't nobody tell y'all. Non-stop entertainment. The Breakfast Club. Wake, 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 wake your punk ass up. <laughs> Good morning, USA. Yo, 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ Envy. Charlamagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Thursday. Good morning. How are y'all feeling out there? I am blessed, black, and highly favored. What's happening? Just got to make it through the day. Take a deep breath uh, for all of those who can't. Why you just got to make it through the day? It's only 6 o'clock in the morning. The day just started. <laughs> I man. I left my car in the city all night last night because I went to go do uh, Donnell Rowling's podcast yesterday. Mm-hmm. Then we went to some place in the city called Zero Bond. It's like some members-only club, but it was really nice. I've never even heard of it before. Then we went to Brooklyn to Negril. They have a live band every Thursday night. And that was my night. But Man, you too mixy. Why are you so mixy? Well, Donnell's in town. It's a random Wednesday. Both of y'all too mixy. <laughs> well, he was doing his podcast. Every time Donnell comes here, he always wants to like, then after that, we can go to dinner. Then hey! after that, we can do this. He has a whole plan. Did you COVID test Angela Yee? <laughs> <laughs> you and Donnell better act y'all age, man. You got to wait three more days to test me. because <laughs> Three more days. <laughs> but Donnell already had COVID like 10 times, so... Not you. No, I haven't. Donnell will be on the show tomorrow, right? Tomorrow, yeah. Donnell yeah, will be on the show. He's be at Caroline's all weekend. As long as you passed that COVID test. I ain't got yeah. time to be that mixy. Yeah. I like being at home. Okay. I realize what the hours nine to five mean. All right. <laughs> Those are my workouts after that. Then, you know, I got to I gotta have my personal time. You don't go to dinner with friends ever? I got a family. On the weekend. Yeah. And, so, and, and rarely on the weekend. And if it is, they'll come to the house. Or I'll go to their house. Like, I got four kids. That is my dinner with friends. I ain't gonna lie. Every night. I don't think, I don't know the last time I went to a restaurant in New York City. Man. Wow. You know no, much I don't. And your bill will be higher than mine, because you got 19 children. <laughs> 19. <laughs> dinner I with friends. I, I just, you know, especially since COVID, we just really haven't been out like that. So when You are always traveling. <laughs> yeah, but that's for work. But for pleasure, I just, just chill at the crib. When is the last time I've been to a restaurant? That's a good point. When is the last time I've been to a restaurant? I haven't been in a long time. Hmm. Not in America. Not in America. Not in America. Not in America. Yeah, and I will say, time. I've always been really intentional on supporting a lot of the black-owned restaurants, especially in Brooklyn, because I know places have had a really tough time, and business has dropped since all these vaccination requirements in order to even go in. So I always make sure I support the grill, Tilly's, um, all my spots in Brooklyn, suede, footprints, everything. Whatever yeah. excuse you got to use to be mixy. No, I do. And even when uh, restaurants weren't open, I was ordering from all these places on Uber Eats and giving extra tips. Because they need our, they do need our support. How much sleep did you get last night? Like three hours. Lord, that's not good. It's not healthy. That's just simply not healthy. It's one night. Listen, yeah. our guy Jay Shetty will be here today. Drop on the clues bonds with Jay Shetty. He's the host of the On Purpose podcast. Mm-hmm. I love Jay Shetty. I follow Jay Shetty a lot. Uh, you know, he's got a book out called Think Like a Monk, and he always says you got to get sleep between the hours of 10 p.m. and yeah. midnight. Yep. Because that's when the Before HGH midnight. hormones. Yes, mm-hmm. you, you have to be in bed by. At least, if you're not sleeping between those two hours, because most most of your HGH is uh, dispersed in your body between those two hours. Yeah, you know what I was, I was thinking too. Yeah, when I go out of town, I go out to eat because I'm usually at a hotel. But when I'm home, I'm usually I'm usually doing corny stuff with the kids, playing games. It's not corny. <laughs> you're being a dad. That's your well, family. I did enjoy myself, and I love Donnell. And Donnell don't live here, and if he's in town and wants to go to dinner, I'm going. Playing Hungry Hungry Hippo. And I'm going to go see him at Caroline's this weekend. That's the life. 
I'm try. I'm tired of Elsa though. Elsa gotta go. So you're not gonna go to Caroline's or nothing because you don't go out in New York. I was, I'm a, I was gonna go see uh, Donnell. It's all about the nanny. It's all about the nanny. They're saying a huge storm is gonna be hitting New York City this weekend, but I wanted to see Donnell. Saturday. No, they said Friday night. Yes, like overnight. You sure? Yes. I thought they said Friday at like eight. They said yeah, Friday man. overnight into Saturday morning. I'm not a weather. We all enjoy different things. Okay. I'm, God bless. All right. Well, let's get the show cracking. Yes. Front page news. What are we talking about? Uh, we are going to talk about Joe Biden. Over 80 lawmakers want him to release a memo outlining his authority on student debt cancellation. <laughs> all right. We'll get into that next. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Yeah, yeah. I might. I might go see Donnell if the weather's good. And you gotta need a babysitter. <laughs> no, I got older kids. The older kids. That's what oh the older yeah, kids I forgot. Damn, you do got that's, that's a twenty year old, eighteen blessing. year old. That's what they're for. Oh, that's a blessing. But they think they gonna live rent free. Oh, that's a blessing. Go to school for free. I can't wait for that in five Yo, years. You got a babysit. Oh, that's a blessing. All right, You're right. But let's get some. But you got a young, young one. Even the, the newborn. You yeah. trust them with the newborn? Madison, yeah. Madison. She's in college. Yes, Madison. I don't care. I, I wouldn't want to do that to Madison. Madison might want to enjoy her weekend, too. That's not every weekend, but every oh. once in a while. Look, how do you think that that, that college going to get paid for? Listen. Now, and you, don't you have a nanny? Yes. Oh, so she good. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into front page news. Where we starting? Uh, more than 80 lawmakers in the House and the Senate want President Biden to publicly release information on his legal authority to cancel student loan debt. Now, in the letter, they want him to direct the Department of Education to publicly release a memo that they ordered last year outlining the president's authority to cancel those loans. And they also want him to use all the tools at his disposal to deliver relief to the millions of families inspired by the proposal to make a debt-free college degree within their reach by eliminating up to $50,000 in federal student loan debt for all families. Before payments resume. Now, since his campaign, he has called for a minimum of $10,000 in federal student loans to be canceled per borrower, and he is willing to go as high as. Uh, well, he's pushing back on calls from Democrats. They want him to go as high as $50,000 or to wipe out federal student loan debt entirely. They did say they've canceled $15 billion in student loan debt during his first year in office. And they released a press release from the Department of Education stating that. Now, is that state college, community college, private college, or that's all colleges? I think those are uh, the loans have to be, don't they have to be like a federal loans? I'm not sure. I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea what that means, but it sounds like they just want to know what it is he can or can't do mm-hmm. because of the campaign promise that he made where he pledged to cancel at least $10,000 of student debt per person, which he has reneged on. I mean, if they could figure out a way to wipe out student loans, that would be amazing. I mean, I think, well, not you, Charlemagne, but when you got it, when we all got out of college and we had to start paying that loan, it was tough at first. I want my money back. Well, you're not going to get that money back, <laughs> e, but it was difficult. You know, you had to get a job. You had to make sure you could pay it. So a lot of times you can't start your career because you have to start paying them college loans, you know, after a while. I remember when we had the secretary of education up here and we was asking him what happened to the, you know, uh, the, the student loan debt, the $10,000 mm-hmm. that was supposed to go to each person. And he started talking to us about all of the student loan debt that they got people with disabilities out of and everything else. Yeah, that's great. But what about the campaign promise of the $10,000 right. per student? You know, for whatever reason, they keep ducking that question. So it sounds to me like the lawmakers just want to know what it is they can or can't do. Mm-hmm. And let me ask you this. If they cancel that so no one pays it, like the the, the money doesn't come from anywhere? I have no it? idea. Like, like then the, what happens? Sounds like the government takes care of it. Yeah, I'm just curious. How does that work? Because university still got to get paid somehow, some way. Yeah, once somebody give me a check and tell me that the debt is free, I don't care about where they got the money from. <laughs> Boy. I'm just curious how does that work. All probably, right, now, yeah, it's probably our taxpayer dollars more than likely. 
Now, Joe Biden is also standing by his campaign promise to nominate a black woman to the Supreme Court. Um, they just announced that Justice Stephen Breyer is set to retire at the end of this current term. And so, uh, according to uh, Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, that is going to happen. All right. Oh, I thought there was audio. I thought there was, too. Oh. <laughs> they played it for me earlier. I don't know what happened. You got Hypothetically, <laughs> a Supreme Court justice was to retire and announce it on his or her own terms. Does President Biden plan to honor his pledge to nominate a black woman to the court? Well, I've commented on this previously. The president has uh, stated and reiterated his commitment to nominating a black woman to the Supreme Court and certainly uh, stands by that. Um, for today, again, uh, I'm just not going to uh, be able to say anything about uh, any specifics until, of course, uh, Justice By Breyer makes any uh, announcement should he decide to make an announcement. And that's a campaign promise he has to keep because he made that, the, you know, OG black elected officials in the Democratic Party. Like that's They why already he... have a likely replacement, too. Who is that? Um, Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson, a Harvard-trained jurist who sits on the same D.C. Circuit Court that was home to Brett Kavanaugh before he was nominated to the Supreme Court. And, you know, in the court's they history, still vote, there's though. only been two black justices, Thurgood Marshall and Clarence, Clarence Thomas. Thomas. A black woman has never wow. been nominated to the Supreme Court, let alone confirmed. Yeah, that was that was, a, that was a campaign promise that he made to a lot of OG black elected officials. They were like, yo, we're not endorsing you if you don't, you know, promise, promise to give us a, a, a black woman on the Supreme Court. What One black it? elected official in particular who really turned the tide. His name was OG Jim Clyburn. Drop on the clues, monster, Jim Clyburn. Well, they said he stands by it, so good. that is your front page news. All right, get it off your chest, 800-585-1051. If you're upset, you need to vent, phone lines are wide open. Again, 800-585-1051 is The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hi, Fallon. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Get Peace. it off your chest. Hi, I'm actually just calling to give you guys a shout out. I've been trying to call you guys for a year now, so I'm happy I finally got through. I just got married to my best friend. Congratulations, Congrats. Queen. Thank you so much, DJ Envy. I want to say that um, I watched your interview with Mano, and you told the woman on there something about um, if she how much she paid for her outfit and if she was to, um, you know, devote that to buying sneakers or something like that. It was some lesson you gave her at the end of the interview. And that inspired me to start my own business. Great. So now I'm a boutique owner. I want to shout out my boutique. I want you guys to look into it. Angela, you there? Yes, ma'am. Can you look at my um, boutique, please? What is it? So my Instagram name is Fallon, F-A-L-E-N, B-A-U. B-A-U. C-I. Q U O T. I just wait. S A L E N dot. Oh, you didn't say dot. Okay. Sorry. Trying to find you, girl. I just messaged you in your DM. So if you go. To All right, DM, I'll go look for that. Good. Okay. Oh yeah, I remember what I told you. That I think the lady, the co-host with Mayno, I think she had like a two thousand dollar outfit on, and she said she yeah. she was saving to to invest, and I was like, well. 
how can you be saving an investment you got a two thousand dollar outfit on and i was like you should take that money that you spent on that and put it into different things that could make you a little bit of money instead of I told her to put it into sneakers and yeah. she was like oh i can't wait in those lines and you was like well the same money that you used being here you could pay somebody yep. to wait on those lines or whatever whatever it was a good lesson everybody who hasn't watched that yet should definitely watch it that interview was pretty good shout, shout out to mano he has kitchen talk uh his podcast is kitchen talk definitely check out the brother mano and thank you for calling mano. mama of course, Angelique, check out my boutique, please. Thank All right, you. I'm trying to find it, girl. All right, bye. What, you ain't got nothing for me and Charlemagne at your boutique? It's probably for women. I'm just messing with her. It's just for women, yeah, sorry. Your wife can look into it, though. All right, so I'll definitely check it out. Thank you. You have a good one, all right? Bye-bye. Hello, who's this? Yeah, what's going on, Charlotte? This is Assad. Assad from New York City, but I live in Atlanta. What's good? Peace, King. How you doing, black man? Uh, what's up, Envy? And I'm I'm Angela Lee. Good morning, everybody. Yo, this is my second time calling in. I'm a re- I'm gonna be a regular. Okay. okay, welcome. Well, thank you, thank you. What I want to get off my chest is my cousin. They they they've been cursing me out because me and one of their sisters got into a, a little altercation, and they just took it a little too far. They put my name on Facebook uh, and made up a bunch of lies about me. I'm not feeling that at all. Sue them. Sue I, I, Can I can sue them for that? If they made up a bunch of lies, that's slander and, po- and defamation. And, and if you can prove that it was of a malicious intent, yes. Oh, say less. Yes, I got It's going to cost you some oh, coins. I'm suing them. And if they don't have the money, you probably ain't going to get it back. But, you know, it just depends how petty you want to be. Well, I don't think you should you sue what, your cousins. I, I, why not? I, I can know. I can always call a breakfast club and then y'all cash at me something, all right? Nah. Nope. 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 Nah, nope. nah, 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 nah. Yo, Charlie, can I get a book assigned on my mental health needs work on? Can I, get I got a book? you. I got, <laughs> I got, I got, I got the, the unapologetic guide to black mental health by Dr. Rita Walker here. I think we got some copies of my grandmother's hands by Resma Minicum here. Do we got some of those, Eddie? I think we might have one of those, but uh, yeah, I'll get you that. Hold on, all right? No, that's, that's great literature yeah. for your mental health. Yo, thank you. And thank you for accepting my call, y'all. Word up. I'm a regular. All right. <laughs> He's a regular. He's a regular. He just dubbed it. <laughs> this is Mark Lytle from Springfield, Ohio. Mark, what up? Get it off your chest, brother. So how y'all doing this morning? Doing well, brother. How are you? Good morning. I'm well, man. On my way to work. I was contemplating here, and I, I don't like the, the term culture vulture or, or not sharing with the culture or take it from the culture. Why? I look at it as like to be of the culture right usually you're in a position to to create something to share amongst people and if you sometimes you're just going to spill over you're going to share with people who aren't necessarily from the culture but when you get into a certain position we're asking the creators of culture-based stuff to ask what of you contribute to the culture and do more than the actual purchaser of the product i don't think that's fair i think the product is the contribution to the culture. I, I look at it differently. I look at it like, you know, the, the culture was created. Let's say let's say something was created in the hip-hop community, in the black community in the Bronx, right? Like hip-hop, right? Mm-hmm. And those brothers created that out of love. Then you have somebody who yeah. is not from the Bronx, seen what they did and, and made billions off of it. And those brothers that created it got nothing. And if you don't give back to those communities that created it, I think that you're a culture vulture. How do you, you take get, something from a community and don't give anything back and profit, and profit off, off of it? it mm-hmm. That's a culture vulture. Yeah, but don't you think? Um, I, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree with that. But don't you think culture? Culture is something that is just shared. Culture can be clothes. Culture can be slang. Culture can be exactly. You know, exactly. Music Charlotte. like just you be, know, like a lot of people will sit there and bash Kim Kardashian, and I hate to say this, but I don't. I don't dislike the woman. But it's not her who's going around saying, hey, I created this style. I came up with this. It's the people who are the critics of Kim Kardashian. I don't think Kim has ever sat there and said, 
I got this brand new out the back of my mind. Because it's influenced by the culture. Because truth be told, if that's the case based off what NB said, then everybody in hip-hop should be giving back money to those brothers in the Bronx. Like, literally everybody from every region across the world should be paying those exactly. brothers back for something that they started. Black, white, it don't matter. Because mm -hmm. every, everybody profited off hip-hop. But, but I think a lot of people do. I think a lot of people do give it back to their, their, their founding fathers and make sure that people are straight, whether it's... <laughs> I think culture is what you. I think culture is how you're raised and where you Who grow up. Who hurts? Should be a billionaire, bro. Who hurts? Should be a billionaire. I don't disagree with you, but if that's the case, why is it that people like De La So can't get their credit? You know, why is it that they they can't get their masters? Why do we have our own right, legends being in the position that it? But, but that's part of the benefited from them. But that's what I think is part of the culture vultures, like you said. Like they sign them and don't give them their masters. But but that's what I think people did. Right, that's just business. It, made a profit right. off it. Made a made it a business. But that's a business. That's a yeah, that's just business. business. I hate to say that. It is bad. business, but I think it's it's a culture vulture part of it. You know what I mean? You take somebody's culture, you make a profit off it, not probably because they didn't know how to make a profit off of it, or they didn't have the money to invest in it, and then you don't give back to the community. Yeah, I don't, listen, I I don't agree. I don't, I don't agree with it morally, but I understand it business wise. Isn't it the part of the giving back to the business of, hey, this is what we did. We did this wrong. This was wrong. Let's give the next generation the information so they don't repeat their mistakes. Is that not giving back? Yeah, that's giving back. Absolutely. I think we're. I, I think okay. we. I think we all can be uh be 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 vulturish in a, in a way. So I think the only way that you can properly give back is just to honestly show other people how to do it. Show other people how to make money the way you have. I. I mean, that's my personal it's opinion. Good, it's a good conversation. Though. I, yeah, y'all have a great day, man. I ain't gonna hold y'all up. Mark, you have a good one too, brother. I was having this conversation yesterday about a black record executive, you know, who owns somebody masters, and I'm like, I can understand business wise, you know, why they feel like they should hold on to the masters. You know what I mean? But then there's a part of me that's just like, yo, you black, that person black, just at least give them half. You know what I mean? Make it fair and equitable. But I understand if I've invested so much money into this person. Because it's a gamble. I, I could invest right. $10 million into you and you don't pop. I didn't make it back. And I don't get it that's back. That's right. But now that's if right. I do get it back, I should be able to, you know, that's the deal that we made. That's so. where the lines get blurred when you're black. Because then there's, there's good, because it's, it's really just good business and bad business. Correct. Bad business is me just giving you your master's and I didn't recoup my money. <laughs> right, that's bad. <laughs> you know, business. that's just bad that's business. Bad business yeah. But people think you should do that. No, just because y'all black. Not if I well, put I the money But I think what out. people tend to do is renegotiate deals when something works out, so that it's it's something that's more fair. But who that's is it more all. fair to? What if I still haven't made because my money Because record as a labels do that. I know they've done that with some big artists where they initially signed a deal that they were locked in. That artist blew up, and then they came back to the table before the deal was up and renegotiated. Once they it. made their money back, yeah, yes. I agree with that. Once they keyword, once they yeah. made their money I mean, I back. I got to make my money back because at the end of the day, it's, it's an investment. You know, That's I mean? right. the, re the reason the labels are able to promote artists is because they make money, and if they don't make money, where are they getting this money from? They just can't. Build it in the back. They just can't make it in the back, you know, back room. So it, it often they looks to make their money back. The perception of it often looks bad, but the reality is they probably didn't recoup off this person or this individual. That's why they're still holding on to the master. Correct. Get it off your chest. 800 585 1051. Now we got rumors on the way, E? Yes, and get ready for a new documentary and docuseries about Bobby Brown. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. All right, have you been watching? Wait, 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 wait. You're not going to spoil alert right now because I fell asleep on it last night, right? No. Okay, just make sure. Right. Actually, I was going to talk about Ozark because a new season has started. I don't know if anybody's been watching it, but I guess you kind of have. And you know that uh, the new season of Ozark has caused this classic song to surge to number one on the charts, on the reggae charts. 
It plays um, near the end of episode one. Hopefully oh. that's not a spoiler for you. No, I fell asleep during All right, now one. what's interesting about this song, though, is Sister Nancy, actually, uh, when that song came out, she didn't even know how popular it was. She first recorded it in 1982. And um, her producer traveled the world, so she, he knew it was playing in other places, but she said she only ever heard it one time in Jamaica, and she wasn't getting any royalties from that song. Wow. It wasn't until 2014 when she saw the song in a Reebok ad that she got legal advice on her rights for that music. So who was so, getting all them checks before then? Uh, well, she actually was able to get checks from the past 10 years, but you know, because of statute of limitations, that's as far back as she she could get it. So she says now she owns 50% of the album, uh, one two that that was on. So she said, at least I'm getting something now. I never used to get anything. So think about it all that time. Damn. She didn't get anything. And actually, Two Tibbet, who wrote it, never collected any royalties for it. He passed away. Um, in 2020, at the age of 70, uh, at the age of 77. So you tell me nobody was getting paid off that. Oh, record. Somebody, somebody was. was. That's what I'm saying. Who was getting paid but off? A the lot record? of those reggae artists uh, were getting like that. Like they would do those compilations and no, they wouldn't know. So they would steal all their money. Who was she signed to? VP? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know so who, who was getting to. them checks? Somebody I wonder who was. was getting them checks. And you know what? There are 128 songs that have sampled that song. Oh my goodness! You guys remember it in Belly too, right? You're damn right, yep. mm-hmm. remember it in Belly. Mm-hmm. That's why right. I'm like, y'all had to wait till Ozark to make that song number one on the reggae charts. Belly. Well, it just shot back to number one because of that. But you know, that song came out a, a while ago, back in 1982. Mm-mm-mm. So shout out to Sister Nancy. I think she lives in Jersey too. Does she? Mm-hmm. Salute to you, Sister Nancy. What up, Sister Nancy? She wants to come up here, so we're gonna make that happen. All right, now Master P has sent a message to people who are questioning his success. Oh, boy. He has released a new song, Look at All These Haters, that actually... Um, it's a remake. Yeah, it's a remake of his song from before, Stop Hating. Stop Hating from the Ghetto D album, 1997. Fiend Shook to Shaka. Y'all was not outside. And here is Look at All These Haters. And try to figure out how to get what you got. Because haters be the same your spot. Look at all these haters surrounding me every day. Let me like my Palo Santo. Yo. He sound good. But they can't stop my pain. He sound good. I'm not even gonna stop lie. Stop all the hating. I can't take it no more. P Come sound, on now. P sound like I'm just P trying P to get mine. You best to get yours. So it what you hating for? It's crazy because it's still relevant Come today. Come on, P sound good. I'm not even gonna That's lie. That's a classic. That's a classic record. That's from the Ghetto D album. Ghetto D album was hard. All right, now Yo Gotti is giving one lucky person, one lucky artist, a chance to appear on his album and also sign to his label. Uh, CM10 is dropping February 4th. He said, I want to put a brand new artist in position. I'm about to upload this to YouTube and SoundCloud right now. Whoever can put that real pressure on here that I like, I'm putting you on CM10 and possibly the label. Let's go. Yeah, that's dope with... with, with, uh God, he's doing. So if you don't know, he's leaving like, I know he played it on his Instagram yesterday. So he's he played four bars of him rapping. Then you got to rap four bars. Then he comes back and rap four bars. Then you got to rap four bars. Then he does a 16 and you got to do a 16. It's pretty dope. And the song is dope. All right. Right. So that's a good opportunity for somebody. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, A&E has announced a new documentary and docuseries about the life and times of Bobby Brown. So if you're a lifelong fan and follower of Bobby Brown, you'll get a look into his personal and professional life soon. Thanks to those projects. So according to the press release, he'll be unveiling his struggles with substance abuse, his marriage to Whitney Houston, the devastating loss of Whitney Houston and his two children and his life as a devoted father and husband uh, to his wife now, Alicia Etheridge Brown. Man, y'all should read Bobby Brown's book, man. Mm-hmm. Every little step, my story. Great book. Bobby Brown's book is incredible. 
So it's a two-night documentary, and then you also get a glimpse of who Bobby is now in a new 12-part docuseries, Bobby Brown, Every Little Step. Mm-hmm. All right, now... Uh, Dare is criticizing Euphoria. You know, Dare is an anti-drug education program, the drug abuse resistance education program that first launched in the 80s amidst the so-called war on drugs. And they are saying that Euphoria glamorizes substance abuse and anonymous sex and more. Not true. (laughs) They said rather than further each parent's desire to keep their children safe from the potentially horrific consequences of drug abuse and other high-risk behavior, HBO's television drama Euphoria chooses to misguidedly glorify and erroneously depict high school student drug use, addiction, anonymous sex, violence, and other destructive behaviors as common and widespread in today's world. You know what dads should do before they release statements like that? They should talk to parents. And even when you do talk to parents, you know, some parents may feel like that. Some parents don't. You know what that uh, Euphoria does? Euphoria actually ha- ha- allows you to have conversations, you know, with your young children. You know, your child that might be 13 or in, in high school that, you know, watches Zendaya and maybe watching that show. It opens up a lot of different discussions that you can absolutely have with your children. And they do not glorify it. Euphoria makes me be like, Lord, have mercy, boy. Somebody got to talk to these kids out here. It does not glorify it or glamorize it at all. They seem like they're going through it. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, that is your rumor report. All right. Now we got front page news next. What are we talking about? Yes. Something that got Envy excited this morning. Look, and also, too, it's just a, t- it's a TV show. Like, what happened? Why are we taking that TV show so serious? It's a TV show. People are crazy, yo. They are. All right. Well, we'll get into it next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. You're checking out The Breakfast Club. Hey, what up, y'all? It's DJ Envy here. It's all fun and games till someone screenshots your message. Say goodbye to morning after guilt with that chat. This new encrypted social platform can help you stay truly private. No screenshots, recordings, or leaked messages. Get that chat for iPhone and Android at the App Store or find it at datchat.com forward slash WWPR FMHD1 New York. And iHeartRadio Station. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get some front page news. What we got? Are we starting easy? Uh, well, McDonald's. They have a fan made menu hack now that is starting. Um, I seen it. Yes, it says beginning January 31st, and for a limited time, they're going to sell four menu hacks that have been popularized by its biggest fans. And they've been prominent on social media platforms like TikTok. You want to know what they are? Yes. All right, there's the Hash Brown McMuffin. So this is a combined sausage McMuffin and a hash brown for an extra crunch. Then there's the crunchy double. It's six-piece chicken nuggets inserted into a double cheeseburger. Uh. Then there's the land, air, and sea. This is a chicken sandwich, a Big Mac, and a filet of fish all on one bun. All of that? <laughs> they should just call that the high menu. Why are they calling it the hack menu? Just call it then the high menu. Then there's the surf and turf that puts together a double cheeseburger and a filet of fish, and it's only available on the app or through delivery. Taking put, advantage of everybody on edibles. How you put that in your mouth? Pause. Wow. <laughs> like, that's a lot. I feel like you can handle it. Shut <laughs> up. I'm just saying. That's that's, they, they, they taking advantage of everybody on edibles, everybody that's smoking, all this recreational marijuana out here. A double cheeseburger, filet of fish, and some nuggets but all on the Nothing for nothing. You came in here and said, man, I would have ate that up. When and I- you just smush it. You got to smush it. That's the whole point. You smush it all together, man. Back in the day, I definitely would have tore right. that up. McDonald's may not be healthy for you, but boy, that thing be slapping. Mm-hmm. You cannot sit here and act like that damn filet of fish and them large hot fries. They got to be hot, though. H-A-W-T. Lord have mercy. Mm-mm. Man, listen, I, McDonald's fries still for me. Slap. 
All right, now, now let's talk about the question that finally stumped Amy Schneider on Jeopardy. She won her 39th game. She is number two on the game show's consecutive wins list, and she is the woman who has won the most times in a row. And all of that came to an end yesterday. She lost. Yes. You want to hear the question? Mm-hmm. For final Jeopardy today, countries of the world is the category. Here's the clue. The only nation in the world whose name in English ends in an H. It's also one of the ten most populous. Do you know? Ron Tosman played well, found the daily double when he needed it. Did you come up with the right country? Ends in the letter H. I it's have the no only idea. nation in the world whose name in English ends with an H, and it's also one of the ten most populous. I don't know, Ghana. She didn't have any. That does not end with an <laughs> H. I don't know how to. I don't know how to spell. It sounds like it. Anyway, she didn't even make a guess. It was blank. What's the answer? Bangladesh. Oh, Bangladesh! See, they should have did something else. They should have said he produced Lil Wayne's classic track of Millie. <laughs> See, I would have got that one. You would have got. I would have got that one oh, easily. Dropping the clues bomb for Amy. Though. Amy had a great run. How much did she make total? Yeah, I know it was over a million dollars. One point three eight. One point three eight two million. Yeah. She got my name right. They asked her a Jeopardy question about me, and she said Charlemagne the God with no hesitation. So salute to you, Amy. She I appreciate you. Thirty nine times in a row. You know who won the most? Ken mm-hmm. Jennings. You know how many wins he had? How many? Seventy four. Wow. And Amy, they dropped. They robbed Amy. And right? they robbed Amy, man. And they they got, they, they, Amy. Amy had a life, boy. Amy, 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 life can be a movie in just the past six months. <laughs> number one Jeopardy winner of all time. Or oh, was she number one? Number two. No, number, number two Jeopardy number winner one of woman, all time. Though, as far as winning, and winningest. Then, and she got robbed out in L.A. Y'all really thought J- uh, Amy was walking around with that Jeopardy money in her in her bag? They huh? sure did. <laughs> well, she did lose to Ron Talzma, who's a librarian from Chicago. Oh, congratulations to her. All right, and as new variants are emerging, let's turn to COVID for a second. The government is thinking about doing a universal coronavirus vaccine. So as the virus is continuing to evolve into new concerning variants, each with a slightly different genetic code, they said current vaccines still work well against new variants, but they're no longer a perfect match because usually they have to find a genetic code that's a perfect match for the variant. So right now they have been tweaking booster shots to match Omicron, but now they're talking about trying to come up with a pan-coronavirus vaccine that would work equally well against any COVID-19 variant, and that is a new approach that they are going to have, Mm. that they're aggressively pursuing. And also, too, uh, with Amy from Jeopardy, do you say woman or do you say trans woman, too? Because, you know, you want all representation to matter, right? I think you say trans. Well, I don't know. No, okay. What? Because she says she represents the trans community. Oh, I didn't know that. You didn't know she was trans? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know that. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, well, that is your rumor report. All right, thank uh, you, Is Missy. that your rumor for No, front page news. Front page news. Sorry. All right, now, when we come back, Jay Shetty will be joining us. He's the host of the podcast On Purpose. It's a health and wellness podcast. He's a former monk. He's a purpose coach, a New York Times bestselling author. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk to him when we come back, all right? So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Absolutely. Jay Shetty, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful to be here. Man, this, he's a very familiar voice because you got the, 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 the number one health and wellness podcast, spiritual mindfulness podcast on purpose. I've had the pleasure of being a guest on it. You're a phenomenal guest. You know, I, I love the episode with Kobe Bryant. I love the episode with Jada Pickett. You got a lot, a lot of great episodes. Yeah, it's been, I'm really grateful. We've got an amazing community. They keep showing up and we've had some phenomenal guests. I was mm-hmm. just saying, you were one of our first guests in like the first three to six months of the show when it was brand new. So I'm so 
grateful that you did that, man. Right. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And Yo, I've been hearing a lot of people talk about meditation lately. And so you actually help guide people through how to meditate, right? Yes, yeah. So I spent three years living as a monk in India and across Europe. And so I was trained in how to meditate from monks who've been practicing for decades. And they were practicing ancient meditation techniques for thousands and thousands of years. And so when I was trained in that school, I felt this responsibility to want to share that with the world because it changed my life. And I'm just an average kid born and raised in London. And I thought, well, if it can help me, then I'm sure it can help a lot of people. What, what, led, what leads a young man to want to be a monk? <laughs> Trust me, I did not grow up wanting to be a monk. And okay. if, someone, if someone told me that I was going to grow up and become a monk, I probably would have thrown a beer bottle at them that I would have been holding. Uh, but I was born and raised in London and I would go in my teens to go and hear from people who'd gone from nothing to something. Mm -hmm. So I was fascinated by rags to riches stories. I'd go and hear CEOs, entrepreneurs, athletes, celebrities. And this is before podcasts and YouTube. So you actually had to go to events. Mm -hmm. And so I'd go to these events. And once my friends told me that a monk was speaking and I was skeptical, I was like, what am I going to learn from someone who's gone from nothing to nothing? Like, you know, what, what are they going to teach me? And so I said to my friends, I'd only go if we go to a bar afterwards. I was, I was 18 <laughs> years old and they were being very persuasive. So they agreed. So I end up at this event at my university waiting to hear this monk speak. I go there, I'm looking at the clock, like just waiting to leave. And I was just mesmerized. And I don't mean that in like a spiritual experience way. I just mean like I was captivated by every word that he said. And there was nothing externally attractive about him. He was wearing robes. He, he was from India. He wasn't connected to me in any other way. Mm -hmm. But he spoke about service and he spoke about purpose and he spoke about how serving others and helping others with your skills and your strengths is the greatest thing you can do. And my 18-year-old self was just completely penetrating my heart. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, that's what I want. And now when I look back, I realize that when I was 18, I'd met people who were rich. I'd met people who were famous. I'd met people who were beautiful and strong but I don't think I'd met anyone who was truly happy. And that day I felt like I met someone who was truly happy and that, you just felt that energy in this space. Well, what was the what process made, yeah. of, of being a monk? So the process is you wake up at 4 a.m. every day. And what is a monk for okay. people that don't know? <laughs> so a monk is someone who dedicates themselves to a particular spiritual tradition. And you generally practice celibacy during the time that you're a monk. But beyond that, you're waking up every day, 4 a.m., meditating for four to eight hours a day. Mm -hmm. So the morning meditation finishes about 8, 8.30. Then you get some breakfast. Then you do your daily chores. And then the rest of the day, we were out serving. So we were serving food to the homeless, building sustainable villages, uh, helping out in schools. And this was all out in India. So a lot of the philanthropy work as well. So the morning was about self-mastery. And the afternoon was about serving others. And so that's kind of like the rough framework of what a day looks like. But, but you, you know, you said you wanted to be a monk because it led you to public service. I feel like that's our true purpose in life, service to others. Yes. You can do that without being a monk. So what made you want to go full-fledged and be a monk? Absolutely. And I think the truth is that I didn't see anyone living a life of service at that time mm -hmm. who wasn't living from a spiritual place. It just mm -hmm. wasn't as common. And now I feel so happy that this conversation's happening in the mainstream. But when I was 18, that's you know roughly like 16, 17 years ago, that wasn't there. You didn't see that. You, you saw the Forbes rich list. You saw th that list. You didn't really see a service list or a purpose list. And I think that's changing. But it was also the idea that the self-mastery part was you're actually going to work on purifying your ego. You're actually going to work on your own mind. 
So you're not just going to go out there and try and help other people, but you're actually going to deal with everything that's going on in here. And I think that attracted me that, wow, I'm going to get X amount of time every day to figure out the mess that's in here. Mm -hmm. When am I ever gonna get that time again? Like, yeah, who's gonna and give how me did the you time? Do it? Like, you know, because if you want to be, uh, if you want to join the army, you can enlist in the army. If you want to yes. be a police officer, you can fill out that application. If you want to be this, so where where do you go to be a monk? <laughs> so there are lots of different monks schools, if I can really? use that okay. word, across the world. Uh, there's Tibet, there's India, there's you know, there's multiple ones, and I've visited many of them. I think it's about finding, as always it is, a teacher, a guide that you connect with. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I speak about this gentleman, Gorangadas, in my book. He was the monk that I felt an affection and affinity with, and so I wanted to study in his school. And so when I was part of his institution, two hours outside of Mumbai in India, in that space, they had a, they had a system of what you have to practice, what you have to process, why. So for example, a big part of it was you know practicing silence. And when you practice silence, people think, oh, that sounds terrible. And it does for like seven days. And then after that, you stop worrying about all the noise outside. You start hearing the noise inside and then you go deeper and deeper and deeper. A part of it was practicing fasting, right? We were practicing fasting for sense control and being able to master the tongue and master the desire to eat and talk. And so there's so many practices and methods that were set up and service was a big part of it to help us actually grow as humans. And I really feel that those three years of monk school have massively impacted how I live na life now. And I left nine years ago, so it's been a fair amount of time. So now. once you're out of school, what was the first thing you did? Like, what do you, how do you apply for <laughs> positions? What did you do after three years? After three years as being a monk? Mm -hmm. So I thought I was gonna do it for the rest of my life. And after three years, it almost felt like a failure. Like I felt like I messed up because all of that self-awareness led me to the feeling that I wasn't meant to be a monk, that I wasn't actually qualified wow. to live the life of a monk. I realized that monk life required a certain sense of letting go of the rebellious nature that I had inside of me. And also that this calling and desire I had in my heart to want to share this wisdom and message in a certain way. I always, when I learned about all these ancient teachings and scriptures, I was like, how cool would it be if we could share that in a modern, relevant, practical way for the people that I grew up with who maybe wouldn't do this, who, who wouldn't go as far as I did? And so when I shared that with the monks, they said, you know, they were like, yeah, uh, you know, we agree that we think you might be able to help people more if you left. I think they were like saying, yeah, it's cool, leave, get out of here. Mm -hmm. um, but they encouraged it. And for me, moving on has, was actually really difficult. So when I left, the first thing I did was come back, start listening to Drake, um, that eat, depress you. Eat, yeah, I, I did that first thing. <laughs> ate a load of chocolate that I hadn't eaten for three years. Mm -hmm. I went back into all my old bad habits for the first month that I was back. I moved back in with my parents, 26 years old, because I felt like I'd failed and I was losing this life I'd committed to. You was in debt? Yeah, I was in debt. $25,000 in debt, 18,000 pounds. Oh, you got to pay what? for monk school? No, 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 no. Oh. From my university days, like going oh, to college. Okay, okay, I'd yeah, gone to college yeah, yeah, before. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What did your parents think about you going to monk school and then coming back home? So when I first told them, my mom was like, where did we go wrong? Right? You know, like, what did we do wrong? And and luckily, my, you know, my parents are very forward thinking and they, they supported me because they could see my heart was in it. And I can't really, you know, I can't really blame them. They did a great job and they were really, really supportive. But my extended family was like, you're never going to get a job again. You've been brainwashed. You're never going to get make money again. You're never going to be, you know, all that noise from society basically saying you've just committed career suicide. And what are you going to do when it doesn't work out? So when it didn't work out, I almost felt like I'd 
made what they were saying true. And so I kind of came with a lot of pain and a lot of stress and pressure thinking all these people were right and maybe I was wrong. All right, we have more with Jay Shetty when we come back. Of course, he's the host of On Purpose. It's the number one health and wellness podcast. He's a former monk. And we'll talk to him some more when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Jay Shetty. He's the host of the On Purpose podcast. It's a health and wellness podcast. He's a former monk. He's a New York Times bestselling author. And he's here. Charlamagne? You know what's so interesting, man? You became a monk because you felt like it gave you a sense of purpose. Yes. But then as you were, were being a monk, you felt like you might have been suppressing your purpose. You felt like something was bigger out there. So that's got to be psychologically. That's a great observation. Yeah. That is a great, ob you, you phrased it way better than I did. That mm -hmm. is a great observation. That's ex And that's a psychological mind mess. Mm -hmm. Because you're like, wait, this is, and that's when I realized that your purpose is not what you wear, where you live, what you think everyone thinks of you. Because to some degree, I'd become attached to living as a monk and that becoming my purpose. So when I had to disconnect from that, it's like how we say, oh, my marriage is my purpose. So then when you get divorced, you're like, oh, well, I don't have an identity anymore. Mm. Or my job is my purpose. When you get kicked out of your job, you go, oh, I don't have an identity anymore. That's what it felt like. It felt like a divorce or losing the job of my dreams, which actually led me to find my real purpose, which mm. is what I get to do today. And what was the voice that you heard that told you this is what you should do. This is the direction you should go in. I feel like I had it even when I was there mm -hmm. where it was just like, there are people who will never ever think, and this is why I love what you all do and what you've done with your work is, there are people that will never ever think about their mental health, their mental well-being, about the word meditation or mindfulness because it wasn't part of their upbringing. It wasn't a word that they heard, same as me. And if I can help make that accessible and relevant and practical and simple for that person, then my life's going to feel like a success. Mm -hmm. And so I just started to share it with everyone. So now I came back, my friends were all working. Mm -hmm. They were making money. They were you know, buying homes. They had nice cars. Maybe they were in a relationship. But a lot of them were stressed. They were working in big city jobs, but they were burnt out. And so they started coming to me for advice. And this is back in 2013, 2014. And they were saying, well, Jay, you learned about mindfulness and meditation. Can you help us with our stress? And so very naturally, I started working with people inside big corporate organizations because that was my background. And so now I was seeing that impact on these people. And so I was speaking at companies, working with people, coaching people. And then finally, I took a corporate job back to understand what the setup was like. And my executive that was my lead, she discovered that I learned meditation. So she put me on in front of all my peers to teach meditation to a thousand people at our company event. This is before any of my wow. online work. And I'm stressing out because mm -hmm. I'm no one. They're, they're like, this is one of our guys, like he's our peer. What are we gonna learn from him? And it was just a beautiful experience where everyone appreciated it. And so I got to see how this work could be practical with with people from all different backgrounds and walks of life. Meditation is a, is a game changer. Could you tell, tell people just some of the benefits of, of meditation? Yeah, I mean, meditation has a ton of benefits. Some of my favorites are that, of course, it boosts your mood, boosts your immune, uh, immune system. Uh, one of the most interesting parts about meditation that people don't obviously realize is our life is completely infiltrated by dopamine, right? Whether it's our phones, whether it's money, whether it's purchases, whether it's instant buying, dopamine is like constantly being released. And meditation helps us balance because it creates serotonin and, and oxytocin. So those are the three chemicals that your brain needs to balance 
And meditation is one of the key things that actually brings about the other two. Uh, it helps with making sure that your brain's in sync. It makes sure that you sleep better. I mean, meditation benefits go on and on and on, of course, with anxiety, stress, and pressure. Uh, but to me, that balancing of the chemicals we need is it's probably one of the most powerful. And, you know, it's very hard to, like, find that stillness and that, that, that silence, you know, on your own. I, I tried it for years and couldn't grasp the concept until, like, like December of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, but you helped with the Calm app. Yeah, so I literally, just two days ago, we launched uh, the Daily J only on Calm, and it's a daily meditation for seven minutes that I truly believe is going to be a meditation that each and every person on the planet can tune into and start their practice. And the goal of it was to make it as simple so that you can actually practice it while you're folding your laundry, while you're doing your dishes, while you're mm-hmm. making your bed. The goal was, how can we bring meditation into people's lives rather than saying, take out time out of your day to do this? And so we built this program and it's exciting. I'm really excited that it's out there. What is meditation, right? And the reason I'm asking is, like Charlamagne said, it took him a while to get it. Yeah. So well, for people out there, what is getting meditation? What should they be feeling? What should they be seeing? What should they be doing? What should they, you know, should they be sitting in the corner? Should they be, you know, crisscross apple cross? Yeah. Applesauce? Should they have their hands up? Like, what is it? Yes. So, uh, the, no, know. it's a great question. It's a great question. No. I think it's so important. I think the first thing I'd like to say is that meditation is making time to spend with yourself as simple as that mm-hmm. right you make time to check in with your friends your family your partners your kids when was the last time you checked in with yourself so some people say i meditate when i drive because i'm just driving that's and, and that's a great example music off no phone and that's a great example and i actually agree with you i love thinking about life when i'm driving and mm-hmm. talking to myself and figuring things out that is a form of meditation that is a beginning step towards meditation now when you start getting into meditation as a tool it goes beyond that because now you're bringing your awareness to three different types of things in the way I was trained. So you have breath work. When you're focusing on your breath, you're learning to navigate your emotions. Second one is visualization. A lot of athletes use this before big games. Lewis Hamilton, I've heard, used it before he's driving a car. Uh, Soccer stars use it before they take a free kick. Well, you're visualizing what's happening in your life or what you're about to do. What it does is it prepares your body, it prepares the mind, right? So visualization is a way of meditating. And the third one is mantra or sound. So we all know, I mean, you're in the heart of music. We all know that music can make you feel different things. Music can make you feel like you want to beat someone up and music can make you feel calm. Sounds and mantra really are defined to help you have sounds that bring peace and calm to the mind and body. So those are three different types of meditation. It doesn't matter where you're sitting. It doesn't matter how you're sitting. It doesn't matter whether you're wearing a yoga suit or on a yoga mat. That really isn't the point. The point is, are you taking time to build that practice and that habit? Yeah, mantra. Salute to my, my good sister, Debbie Brown. Uh, mantra and the beads is what got me to able I love to that. do the meditation. So I count my beads and I do my mantra. And it's just like, that's what got me like, oh, oh, okay. How you know you did? When you come to and you're like, where was I? That's how yeah. I be feeling. It's like, you're, like, it's like you went into a sleep mm-hmm. while yeah. you're sitting up. Like, you just like, like everything just went still for a moment. Like, yeah. nothing is on your mind. You just hear yourself repeating your mantra over and over and over. And it's just like, I call it like a sinking feeling almost. Yeah. Like you feel like you're just sinking, sinking, sinking. And I always jump before I, I go too deep. <laughs> uh, that's, that's what makes me come back. Yeah. Imagine, imagine you actually felt like you are where your feet are. Like imagine mm. you actually felt like that. That we, right now, if we all put mm. our feet on the ground mm. and you actually felt like, I was, and what Charlemagne's saying about sinking, if I actually felt like I was actually here, how many times during this conversation while I've been talking have we been thinking about 
what have I got for lunch later on? What am I doing later mm -hmm. on? Who am I meeting? Or what's this going? What if I was actually here? How much could I actually have an impact on the people around me? How much could I actually feel people's energy? How much power and strength would I have if I was actually where my feet are? Uh, which is a common phrase and statement that's used in meditation language of like, be where your feet are. If we were actually here, just how powerful would that be? And that's what you feel. You actually feel like I'm happy to be here. I'm only here. Because think about it, when you wake up in the morning, how many times have you ever woken up and your mind is ahead of your body? Absolutely. So your body's like, ugh, I don't want to go anywhere. And your mind's like racing, trying to do a million mm -hmm. things. Or you experience the opposite. You wake up and your mind is like, ugh, can't do this but your body's like come on we got to go we got to go so what we're experiencing at all times is our body and mind are completely out of sync completely out of sync mm -hmm. they're never in the same place so meditation in its simplest form is saying well let's start here let's bring them back into sync let's start with them being aligned and imagine how powerful we could be all right we have more with jay shetty when we come back of course he's the host of on purpose it's the number one health and wellness podcast he's a former monk and we'll talk to him some more when we come back it's the breakfast club good morning DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Jay Shetty. He's the host of the On Purpose podcast. It's a health and wellness podcast. He's a former monk. He's a New York Times bestselling author. And he's here. Charlemagne? I feel like we skipped a step, right? Oh, yeah. You went from being a monk, um, served for a monk for three years. You couldn't find a job. You said you got rejected by 40 different 40 companies. 40 companies, yeah. At what point did the On Purpose podcast start between that and Much the later. monk in that? The, the okay. So... I left being a monk in 2013. Okay. I started in 2010. On Purpose launched in 2019. Okay. So six years later. And my online video content started in 2016. So in 2016, after I'd been sharing meditation and mindfulness with corporations, coaching people behind the scenes, I never made any content. I just felt that I was sitting in a lot of boardrooms, which was fantastic. But I felt this message had to get further than the boardroom. And at the time I was thinking, how do I do this? And so I was applying to media companies that I was like, hey, if these guys give me a job, then I can make content about mindfulness and meditation. And I was rejected from three media companies. I remember chasing an exec on his bike in London <laughs> and saying, hey, give me a job. And he was like, you're too old. Is that after you um, you said that, the, I guess it was the president or CEO asked you to do that? Correct. Thing. So that's when you felt like that was your calling. Yeah, because I was okay. like, wow, I'm being asked to do this. Mm -hmm. It's working, but it needs to reach more people. Gotcha. And it re needs to reach more people without just their organization being involved. What if it could reach the person on the street, right? How do you get to that person? And so I thought media is the way. And so I was applying to all these media jobs, but everyone kept telling me, you're not, you're too, you're too old. I was 28 years old. They're like, you're too old. Everyone's 21 who wants this job. They were like, you don't have any background in media. You've never been in communications. And so I ended up at a TV training day run by the BBC in London in Pinewood Studios, and it was run for ethnic minorities. So there were just six brown and black people in that room, and I'm, I'm one of them. And they tell me, Jay, you're, you're good, like you're engaging, you can present well. So I'm like, give me a job, like I just want a shot. And they're like, Jay, there's no jobs in media. And so I'm like, come on, you brought me all the way here, like, you know, six brown and black people to tell us there's no jobs in media. What was, what was the point of this? And they're like, well, you should start a YouTube channel. And in my head, I'm thinking, yeah, that works for Justin Bieber, that's not gonna work for me. <laughs> You know, and I'm I'm having that limiting. You look like you could be in a boy band. Oh, thank <laughs> I, said, thank you. I was like, thank you. I was like, oh, maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. And then, uh, and and literally, it was like I was like, maybe that works for Justin Bieber. Like that's, and I had that limiting belief. I was like, that's not going to work for me. But literally, there's a beautiful uh, statement by Thomas Edison. He said, when you believe you've exhausted all options, 
remembered this, you haven't. And that's how I felt. I felt I had exhausted all options and the only option I had left was YouTube if I really cared about this. So I made a video and I kept making videos every week and they were doing okay. They were getting like a thousand views or something like that. And in three months, Ariana Huffington saw my videos. From the Huffington Post? From the Huffington Post. Okay. And so she really connected with them and they said, hey Jay, look, we're not going to pay you anything. We're not going to do anything. We're going to take your videos and we're going to put them on the Huffington Post page because we like your content. What do you think? I'm like, great. Mm -hmm. Let's get them out there, right? Like, that's what this is about. Smart. You recognized the opportunity when there wasn't a paycheck attached yeah. to it. Yeah, there was no paycheck mm -hmm. attached to it. No money. They put it out. The first video did a million views in a week. The second video wow. did a million views in 24 hours. Wow. And those three or four videos I made for them did like 100 million views across that year. Wow. And literally, it just changed everything because now the message was reaching people. And then I sent her right-hand man, who's a good friend of mine now, Danny Shea. He was the one who'd come out to make this contact happen. I messaged him every day saying, when are you giving me a job? When are you giving me a job? When are you giving me a job? Finally, after 30 days, he sent me a visa, sent me a job offer, I moved to New York City in 2016, September wow. to work at the HuffPost as a senior host and producer. That lasted around six months. I mean, the way you're speaking is great because it's not even about the meditation and what you're speaking. It's just about a lot of people don't have that drive. You were told no thousands of times, but still did it. You know, um, you did something that you had no idea about YouTube. Then when they came with a situation, most people now would be like, well, how much am I getting paid? Mm -hmm. Now you want to use my content? How much am I and you was like, nah, I understand what this could be. And congratulate. I love I love stories like that. Thank you, man. Bro. Thank, and thank you for highlighting that. I, I really appreciate the way you're no, looking at it. You hear it all the time. Like, yeah. you come up here and be like, how much I'm getting paid? Yeah. I'm not doing this because I ain't getting no money up to attach. But some yeah. things ain't about the money. We Rick came it. from a place where we both worked for a long time. It was about the opportunity. Nothing, yeah. But we knew, hopefully, well, we didn't even know. We did it for love. I did it for love. Same. Did it for love. And it just grew into what it grew into. So I, I really respect and appreciate that. No, thank you for highlighting that because I think sometimes, you know, we get lost in, especially when people talk to me, we get lost in like the meditation and the mindfulness. And it's like, that is my heart of what I want to share. But the way I've got there has not been normal or easy or, you know, it's, but that's been the most fun part about it. Like, I think I always wanted to serve. My whole goal was how can this reach more people? And when HuffPost or anyone came with that opportunity, and thankfully after those six months, I built it myself. I got to do it my way on my own. And I got to build it on my Who's own. Who was your first big guest? My first big guest was Russell Brand, who I've known for a long time. We have the same meditation teacher. We've been friends in London for a while. So Russell Brand was my first big guest. My first ever guest was my wife. Uh, it was my first episode. Well, she was your first big guest. Yeah, that was my yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, thank you. Like, yeah, I messed yeah. that up. Yeah, yeah, all right, I messed that up. Yeah, <laughs> My wife was my first big guest. Yeah, go. Russell Brand was my first well-known guest. Uh, Novak Djokovic, mm -hmm. tennis player who I've known for a while as well. He was one of my first big guests. Uh, and then, you know, since then, it's just been a joy to sit down with people. Kobe that, Bryant, God bless the dead. Yeah, I mean. How did that feel? I, till this day, and I'm not just saying it because of what happened, and I, I, I don't, I wish I didn't even have to say that, but I do because I think people try and make things a certain way, but I have never felt someone more present and grounded in his feet, apart from monks, than Kobe Bryant. Like, when I spoke to him, I just there was so much gravity around mm -hmm. him and when he spoke his voice as well it had so much presence uh and that was two three months before the and tragic how, event and how did you speak to him how did that connection happen so his his team had reached out and they said jay we want kobe to have a conversation with someone who isn't only obsessed with basketball mm. 
And I said to him, I like basketball, but I didn't grow up. Like, soccer is my first sport, right? Football. I'm from England. That's that's my thing. Football is soccer for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's why I had to translate because Mm -hmm. then my British friends make fun of me for saying soccer. So I've got to, you know. But uh, yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo, like, that's that's my goat, right? Like, that's Mm -hmm. the person I go to. Uh, But obviously, I have so much respect for Kobe. Obviously, I, I I love basketball. I genuinely enjoy watching it. And so they said, but we want someone who talks to him about storytelling, about him, about his heart, about meditation about the stuff that he doesn't get to talk about Mm -hmm. because every time he goes to an interview people just ask him basketball questions what was it like to play in that game what was it like to learn from this so they they reached out to me and i said this is a dream like i i feel honored and so we did that that's how the podcast came about i didn't i didn't know him or i didn't have a relationship with him but in in that short time that we spent together he walked into the room and he came around to my whole team and he introduced himself kobe Kobe like to my video and you know everyone's geeking out because everyone knows who he is he doesn't have to explain but he was so respectful so wonderful with the whole team they'll never forget that experience that's dope Jay we, we appreciate I was going to ask can we meditate but we really can't because we need more seven I mean it would be dead air for seven minutes oh but, we can do it for less than seven we can oh, do it let's for, do it yeah yeah, yeah we can how, how long give me your time limit and then I'll stick to that Let's do a minute. Yeah, let's a do minute? it. Yeah. Yeah, let's do a minute. Okay. All right, well, let's do it. And everyone who's listening can join in as well. So what That's I want to... We got to do 30 seconds. We ain't got no dead air, but... <laughs> but go ahead. Okay, so what I want everyone to do is just take a moment to look around wherever they are, so keep your eyes open. And I want you to just notice five things in this space. Choose five things in your environment and bring your awareness to them, the colors, the textures the fonts, whatever it may be, just five things. And when you found them, close your eyes. Take in a deep breath. Now, what are four things that you can touch? And just be present with it. It could be your jacket, the chair you're sitting on, your own hands. Four things that you can touch. Notice the difference in the coolness and the texture. Take in another deep breath. What are three things that you can hear? There may be some white noise, the sound of my voice, maybe even a voice in the back of your head. Three things you can hear. Just observe and be present. Don't fight them. Just bring your awareness back to your breath. Breathe in. What are two things you can smell? Maybe the beautiful sage that we have here in the studio or the Palo Santo. Maybe a fragrance, a diffuser, some food. Taking a deep breath. And what's one thing you can taste? Maybe water, breakfast. And now in a moment when you gently and softly, in your own time, at your own pace, you open your eyes. You'll experience full presence. You can open your eyes. Man, I love the sound of white noise. (laughs) I love the things you see behind your eyelids. And I've been stressing to iHeart that we need a mindfulness minute on all radio stations. Oh, like I love like that. we need uh, uh, whether it's Jay, it could be Jay Shetty, it could be <laughs> Debbie Brown. We need a mindfulness yeah. minute. I love that. Like a few times throughout the day. Especially yeah. during like the ten AM, the two PM slot when it's middays and people are at work. Every now and then you just gotta take a break. Like we yeah. gotta do exactly what we did just now. Yeah. So when thank we you. call you, Jay, answer the phone. Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, so thank you guys. Thank you so much. So get, go get Jay Shetty's book, Think Like a Monk. Um, subscribe to the um, uh, On Purpose podcast with yep. Jay Shetty. And check he, out the app, Com. One of my favorite people to, 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 oh, to just follow you, and 
Continue to be a great leader, Jay. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. So grateful. It's Thank Jay you, Shetty. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Whoa. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The Rumor Report. Gossip. With Angela. Angela Yee. It's the Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Well, after being ordered to pay Cardi B upwards of $4 million, blogger Tasha Kay is saying that it was the machine and corporate interests. Uh, that was the reason why she lost. Here's what she had to say. We called bluff against a machine that wanted to bully me for not wavering from my personal beliefs. A machine that has corporate interests to protect prostitution drug use, promiscuity, and to glorify the violence that wrecks havoc on our society and in our neighborhoods. It's sold to our children as the it factor. Although the court hasn't instructed us to take the videos down, I've always said that I will comply with any court or jury. The videos have been taken down to show good faith to the courts. This machine has tried to have me arrested, threatened my life, and created a fake narrative about me. I mean, you lied. You know what I'm saying? You lied about somebody maliciously with malicious intent. Cardi B's records, she had to go and get tested to see if she had herpes because you were spreading this rumor and it wasn't true. That's a lie, right? I mean, sometimes you just got to take a step back and really see what God is trying to show you. You know, it's not about likes. It's not about going viral. It's not about donate now, subscribe now. Sometimes just take a step back and see what God is trying to show you. Weapons formed against you will not prosper, but they will if you are the weapon. And, and it's, I, it's sad when people simply can't take accountability or simply admit when they're wrong. It shows a lack of integrity and reminds folks why you're in the position you are in now. And I respect Cardi B so much because that, that, that court case took time. It took money. She had to take the stand. That's it had not to take easy. The stand. She could have just let it go because Cardi don't need the money. She had to she didn't relive to, those she didn't things. Have to do that. She did it to, to set to, to, to set an example, and she did. So shout to Cardi B. And listen, I hope all YouTubers, podcasters, bloggers, you know, all all you folks in this new media space, remember smart people learn from their own mistakes, wise people learn from the mistakes of others. Even if, you know, she doesn't learn from her mistakes, you should. This is a well, landmark case. she definitely hasn't learned, and she is saying that she's appealing. This case was meant to drain me financially, and it did not. And send a message to anyone who thinks they have the right to challenge a machine that protects their corporate interests. The appeal process has already started, and we intend to expose every conspiracy against me, my company, and my family. There was no defamation, no invasion of privacy, and suicidal thoughts, and we proved that with sufficient factual evidence. And we intend to fight until the truth is out. I don't think you can prove that somebody didn't have suicidal thoughts. You don't know what's inside a person's right. head. Right? So How can that's, you say that's, that's, that? That's, that's not going to fly. That's, but that's not good advice. Whoever gave you that advice to terrible advice. to put more money into terrible. that situation, that's not good advice. If she this, has this, any friends, they need to be like, "Girl, you got to just relax." <laughs> like this is a landmark case that every lawyer in the world will be referencing from now on. Precedents have been set, so you know all you YouTubers, everybody else, move accordingly or get hit, just like she did. Right. Your pride is just making you feel like you got to keep it going. Like, stop. All right. Now, Tyler Perry has dropped a Medea homecoming trailer and also the Netflix release date. So here is that trailer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What the hell are you doing? I'm going to make this big for my great grandson's graduation barbecue. I know you want barbecue ribs, but do you have any room for a roasted brown? What? the hell? You gonna buy me another damn tree. We're cutting it forever. 
Who is this? Agnes Brown. I'm a Brown too. No, you're, you're more. You're all here about to break loose now. There's the legal way, then there's the Medea. Brawless and lawless. Ooh. All right, February 25th is that date that you'll be able to watch that on Netflix. Yeah, so crazy, but I'm, I'm, I'm old enough to remember when we used to get to uh, Tyler Perry and Dia DVD stage plays mm-hmm. and watch those at the house. Getting one of those from Blockbuster was a thing. <laughs> now you can just watch a new Tyler Perry movie at, on, home. at, at home on Netflix. on Netflix. Boy, I'm old. All right, well, that is your rumor report. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you, Missy. Charlamagne, who are you giving that donkey to? Uh, donkey of the day is going to a young man in Jersey City named Travis Neely. Uh, Albert Einstein has a quote, uh, and that quote is, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. We'll discuss that quote when we come back. All right, and then after that, get on the phone lines. Of course, we have Ask Ye, so if you need relationship advice, call us now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Our audible pick of the day is the perfect day to boss up. This is Rick Ross's guide to building your own empire. Now listen up. Your first 30 days of Audible are free when you sign up at audible.com slash breakfast. Don't be out here acting like a donkey. Hee-haw, bitch. Hee-haw. It's time for donkey of the day. I'm a big boy. I can take it. If he feel I deserve it, ain't no big deal. I know Charlamagne guy gonna have some funny sleep out his mouth. Just because I say something you may not agree with doesn't mean I'm mean. Who's getting that donkey? That donkey. That donk, 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 donk. Donkey of the day, right there. <laughs> the, the Breakfast Club, bitches. You can call me the donkey of the day, but like, I mean no harm. Donkey of the day for Thursday, January 27th goes to 34-year-old Travis Neely. Now, I'm sure everyone listening to my voice has heard the Albert Einstein quote, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Well, as I've gotten older, I see that statement differently. There's a lot of things we do over and over again and expect different results, like play the lottery. I play Mega Millions and Powerball over and over again expecting different results. <laughs> okay? I'm used to losing. Sometimes I win $4. Sometimes I win 7 Last week I bought a Mega Million and Powerball ticket and I won $9. Career high for me. Woo-hoo! Drop one of Clues bombs for my career high of $9 with the Mega Million Powerball. Okay? All right? For me? Those were all different results, and I will continue to play over and over again because I want that ultimate result, which is all five numbers and the Powerball, that jackpot, baby. So, yes, we do things over and over and and, and expect different results. Sometimes folks do the same things over and over again because they know exactly what they are going to get. They do the same thing over and over again because they know what the result is going to be, and that's what happened in Jersey City. See, Travis nearly robbed a spot called Augie's Grocery Deli. Uh, He didn't rob it once. He didn't rob it twice. He didn't rob it three times. He robbed it four times. Why did he keep doing the same thing over and over? Not because he expected a different result, but because he knew what the result was going to be. He thought it was an easy lick. Let's go to Source News 12 for the report, please. In his 32 years running Augie's Deli Grocery on Old Bergen Road, this was a first. Surveillance video from January 10th shows a masked man coming behind the counter and charging at 77-year-old Augie Lopez. And came on top of me and he's banging me. And I'm saying to myself, what the hell is going on? He says he stole a few cigars, but it wasn't enough. He came back five days later, knocked Augie to the ground, and got away with cash. He then came back the very next day. Again, more money. Then, for the fourth time in 11 days, he came back. Same guy, same clothes. And this time, he jumped over the counter, but this time he had a surprise. 
we had a police officer here, and he took off, and they grabbed him. I saw this in passing on the news because, of course, I live in Jersey, and first thing I thought was, what a coward robbing that old man, hitting that old man over the head. Then I heard the deli owner say, we will be ready when he comes back. But I said, he's not coming back because I didn't realize he already had came three times. Pause. Whoa. Whoa, wow. whoa, whoa. Hey, yo. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Uh, Travis Neely might be insane. All right, this is who Albert Einstein wrote the quote for, because when you talk about doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results, I'm positive Albert Einstein wasn't talking about crimes. All right, he might have been talking about workouts. Okay, not about crimes. All right, if you was robbing people, if you was robbing places, you wouldn't continue to rob the same individual, would you? You wouldn't continue to rob the same place, would you? Because eventually that person or place you keep hitting is going to prepare for your arrival. And that's what happened here. The funniest thing about this news report to me is when it says the robber Travis Neely was stunned when off-duty police officer Maurice Johnson, who had stopped by to check on the store that already got robbed three times, jumped out from the back of the store. I know what you're thinking. Okay, what drug was Travis on? All right, this ain't normal. You don't rob the same store four times and then act surprised when the officer pops out on the fourth time. That's how when that's like how when Taylor Swift, you know, acts fake surprised that she's winning an award. Taylor, you know you were winning. Okay? Wait, Uncle Charlotte, don't get distracted. What drug was Travis on? Well, he was rushed to the Jersey City, Jersey City Medical Center after his arrest due to possibly being under the influence of CDS. Now I'm old. I see acronyms. I don't know what they mean no more. I saw CDS. I was like, under the influence of CDS. Well, what the hell drug is CDS? I had no idea. So I did some research. And by research, I mean Googled. And all it means is controlled dangerous substance. Okay. I just thought it was something new. But it's the same old, same old heroin, opioids, dope, dog food. Okay. Look, it sounds to me like Travis nearly needs to change his daily routine. You robbed the same deli four times in 11 days. You probably need to change your routine. Actually, you need to change your life. Your whole life, Travis. But it starts with changing your routine. And robbing shouldn't be part of your routine, okay? Moral of the story for everyone listening is you will never change your life until you change something you do daily. The secret of your success is found in your daily routine. Routine, especially if your routine is robbing the same person multiple times, is not progress. Please let Remy Ma give Travis Neely the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw. You stupid motherfucker! You dumb. Now I wish the old man would have had a gun and shot his ass. That's what I'm telling you. Every now, come to the store four times. You hit me over the head. Every now and then, you ask him to get that shot. I don't like to promote violence. No, but I promote self defense and defending yourself. You robbed me and defending your property. You hit me over the head. I could have hit my head and died. Now he should have got shot. He lucky he ain't get shot. One good time, and he deserved the bullet. And the hood should have beat his ass for, for going into the store beating up an old man like that. I'm sure they will. He's probably in jail. Now, like, man, you robbed Augie's. Augie's got the best sandwiches. It's a deli, too. God damn it, I just burned my finger. My dumb ass talking about doing the same thing over and over. I keep flicking the damn light and knowing it's hot as hell. Then you burned your finger. Yeah, I'm sure I did. All right. Well, up next, thank you for that donkey today, is mm-hmm. Ask Ye. 800-585-1051. You need relationship advice or any type of advice. Call Ye now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. What, 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 what you want to know? Baby mama issues? Need some words of wisdom? Call up now for Ask You. 800-585-1051. The Breakfast Club. Come on. Need relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice? Call up now for Ask Ye. Keep it real. Hey, what's up? It's Angela. What's your question for Ask Ye? All right, so this is the situation. First of all, good morning, New York. Good, good morning. morning, good morning. Good morning, world. Right. Yeah, there we go. 
All right, so what happened was, all right, just recently a young lady um, called me up that I used to deal with, and she was married. Well, she is married now, but when I first started talking to her, she wasn't married. We mm-hmm. were kind of dating, but this was like 2013. So after we were dating, come to find out, she had her boyfriend, baby daddy, and so I left her alone. Okay. So we've been cool, had all the emotions, you know, rang out. We've been cool over the years, but the problem is, pissed me up recently, talking about, you know, her husband cheated on her in 2019, and, you know, she don't know what to do, she's going through counseling, but I'm like, well, what should I do? Um. Well, she's still married, right? Yep. Okay, and... Are you doing anything with her? No, nothing. Okay. Call me out. So here's my thing. It feels a little messy over there. It does. So how's your life outside of that? Well, you know, the only person I aspire to ever, like, go out on a date with or empty life. So I'm trying to keep my options open. Right. It feels too messy. I wouldn't voluntarily put myself in a situation with somebody who already when you first met her was involved and you had to step away from that. And, you know, now she's married. She has to make some decisions. And so I don't feel like I would want to put myself in the middle of that. You know, that's kind of like and I could tell you're asking about it because you care about her. You miss her. But yes, I still do. I still care. Right. But, you know, I think that you just can't accept certain things for yourself and your standards have to be high enough that you say, look, as a friend, you know, I'm hoping that everything you got, you get it together. If you're not in a relationship anymore, if you're not married anymore, then that's a consideration we can take. But I don't think you should put yourself. That's, you know, that's just not a situation you should voluntarily be in. True. I'm 100 percent single right now. Mm -hmm. so I have options. Right. But, you know, a lot of options aren't coming my way at the moment, you know, because of the pandemic and all of that, you know. Don't make your life more complicated. And I I also feel like sometimes when you do that, you kind of block out what could be with some with the right person. And she may not be the right person for you, but she has a responsibility also. And for herself to figure out what she's doing in her life and her relationship before she can even move on. Right. True. And I just don't want you to get hurt. Oh, I ain't going to get it hurt. It's okay. It's somebody that you care about that's with somebody else that's already done something that, whether or not you admit it, hurt you in the past because you ended up having to step away. And then because you care about her, she's come back, but it's not ideal for you. Exactly. Well, thank you, ma'am. I really appreciate your info. You're welcome. You sound like a great guy, Tony, and I'm sure there's a lot of women out here that would love to meet you. Uh, yeah, I'm, on, I'm Lord Dr. Fear 136 on Instagram, so I follow you. So if you ever see me and I hit you a me- throw your message, you know, please respond. It's what is it again? Like, so everybody, all the women listening yeah. can hear because you are 100% single. What is it? Lord, L-O-R-D dot sincere, S-I-N-C-E-R-E, 136. Okay, got you. Ask Yee, 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, call ye now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Here's some real advice with Angela Yee. It's Ask Yee. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? <laughs> What's happening? Hey, first, before, before anything, I got to tell y'all, Charlemagne, I love you. I love you too, I King. Love you. Love, love you. I love you. I love y'all, man, for real. <laughs> okay. Well, what's your question for Ask Ye? If the girl that you with, you know, she has a threesome, 
before you guys got together, you know, the past really don't matter. But, you know, some it might bother some people when they get into the relationship and they might find out or they girl or boy friend telling them whatever that they was in a threesome before they had gotten to the relationship with the person they with. So it bothered you? Deal with that. Uh-huh. It bothered you? You know what it did bother me for for a minute because her when we were asking when we were talking about it when we was you know how relationships start y'all just friends you know y'all getting to know each other and everything is kind of like spoke freely so when she first you know when she asked me if I had one I'm like yeah I had about four maybe five then I asked her she told me she never had one then we got you know in the relationship things got you know been together for about a year then all of a sudden she tells me that she did have one you know it came up again and she tells me that she did so I did feel a way about it for sure did you feel a way that she lied to you initially or did you feel a way that she had a threesome it was it was a little bit of both it was a little bit of both. She probably didn't want you to judge her because people look at women differently all the time on our sexual experiences. There's a lot of judgment. But I do feel like when somebody tells you something that places a lot of trust in you and in the relationship and you can't really hold things over people's head from when they uh, from what happened before you. Right. You know, the only issue is she didn't tell the truth initially, but you guys were just friends then, right? Yeah, you know, we was at that stage where, you know, you're getting to know each other. You guys are asking each other questions. Right. You know, it was like really no expectations. It was no judgment. And then, I, you know what? It was probably the lie, you know, at first. And then it was, you know, I'm thinking about the threesome. I'm replaying it in my mind, you know? Like, like damn, if she would lie to me about it, like, what kind of threesome? What, like, I don't know. I, I just, I let my mind get the best of me. Right. Well, you had four of them, so, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I get it that it was a lie, but you have to also understand that women are judged constantly all right. the time to this day. It's really bad. And so sometimes when you don't know somebody well enough, you don't know if we're going to end up together. I don't want to tell you too much, and then you take this, and right. then, it, you know, it comes back up. I also got to see how oh, you're going to treat me. Are you going to look at me crazy? So I'm sure that she felt a little bit like I'm not sure if I could trust him enough to share this with him. Right. Right, right, right. But you that over it sense. now, right? Oh, yeah, I've been over it. I just, when he asked me, uh, when the person asked me, like, what are you going to ask? Yeah, I'm like, uh, yeah, I did feel a way about this. So, yeah, let me ask you about this. So. <laughs> are y'all going to have a threesome? No, we probably, she probably is not going to have a threesome with me. I'm not even interested in having no threesome like that. That's, 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 I, I have better sex with, with, you know, with just one woman then then I've had in any threesome. So. All right, and that's real. And at least you had the chance to experience those things before, to know that. You know, you live your life and then you settle down with the person who you want to be with. Right, right. Okay. Thank yeah. you. I, yeah, appreciate y'all. Love y'all. All right, love, love you, you back, bro. Ask Yee, 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice, you could always hit it. Now, you got rooms on the way, Yee? Janet Jackson, this documentary, a two-night documentary event, is premiering tomorrow. We'll tell you some more that you can expect to see. There's a surprise appearance. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. Rumor. Club. So listen up. No, no, no.
Well, Kanye wants to help out with the homeless crisis in L.A., and he wants to get them to model some clothes, okay? He is working with streetwear brand Skid Row Fashion Week on a new collab and fashion show. The ultimate goal is to help out the homeless. David Sebastian, who is the founder of Skid Row Fashion Week, told TMZ he met with Kanye earlier this month while he was recording Donda 2 at his studio, and they decided to create a Yeezy Skid Row Fashion Week clothing collab. He said the company donates a portion of all sales to helping those living on Skid Row and the factory that makes the clothes employs the homeless and that Yeezy collab will use 100% of the proceeds to help the homeless on Skid Row. It's going <clears> to <throat> drop February 22nd. That's dope. I didn't know Skid Row had a fashion show. Why would Skid Row be having a fashion yeah, show? Yeah, I didn't know they had a fashion And how does how does that work? And am I thinking about this correctly when I say, when I hear Skid Row fashion show? Or am I, is that fashion just the name week? for something? Well, it's the name of, uh, it's, a, it's a clothing line and then they're doing a fashion show. So they don't take actual, you know, yeah, I don't know displaced if they, people and let them run, walk the runway. Yeah, I don't know if they've done a fashion show before. That would be dope, though. If, if they paid the homeless people to actually to do a fashion show and bring people to where they're from and make sure that they keep those clothes and, and, I, I, and, and pay them. I, I think about stuff like different. that. It would be dope, but that's like a one-time payment. Like, how do you help those people permanently? You know what I mean? So, like, Well, they you, already have them mm. working in the factory for Skid Row Fashion Week, so that's one of the things that they do. And like we said, the portion of the do- uh, proceeds, but they're saying 100% of this clothing collab is going to go to help out the homeless. I hope so, because mm-hmm. you don't want them to be homeless anymore. That's That should be the goal, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. And they're saying that one thing that they're uh, kicking around as an idea is a trash bag puffer jacket. So, I mean, that's dope. And the re- another reason that's dope is because folks, you know, would make jokes and say the clothes that Kanye make look like homeless folks wear them anyway. <laughs> they do say that, so. though. But I think that'd be dope if you could pay the homeless people to, to do it and have people come that's down there and all that. I think it'd be it's, dope. It's dope to flip that narrative. Correct. Mm-hmm. You make the jokes about me, but watch what I do with this. Mm-hmm. All right. Nicki Minaj has confirmed that she has a collab with Little Baby that is arriving on February 4th. She posted a picture on set with Little Baby and said, do we have a problem? Baby Times Barbie, Pink Friday, February 4th. Okay. So get ready for that. I want to hear that. All right, Janet Jackson, you know her documentary, the two-part documentary is coming out tomorrow. Oh, no, tomorrow's, is tomorrow Friday? Yes, yes. it is. I don't know what day it is. Yes, yeah, so that's going to be coming out. Uh, it's two parts of a Lifetime and A&E documentary called Janet. And there's a lot of things that will be discussed. Now, Janet Jackson said her brother teased her about her weight gain, Michael Jackson, and called her names. And she said there were times when Mike used to tease me and call me pig, horse, Damn. slaughter hog, cow he would laugh about it and I'd laugh too but there was something down inside that it would hurt and she said when you have somebody say you're too heavy it affects you uh, she said she and her older brother drifted apart as they grew older starting with the release of his album Thriller in 1982 she said I really I remember really loving the Thriller album but for the first time in my life I felt like it was different between us a shift was happening that's the time Mike and I started going our separate ways he just wasn't as fun as he used to be and when they worked together on Scream in 1995 she felt frozen out by him she said Michael shot nights I shot days his record company would block off his set so I couldn't see what was going on they didn't want me on set that really hurt me because I I felt like I was there fighting the fight with him, not to battle him. I wanted it to feel like old times between he and I, and it didn't. Old times had long passed. 
Sheesh, who knew? Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Now, she also shut down rumors of a secret baby with her ex, James DeBarge. She said, that is not right. Back in the day, she said, how could I keep a child from their father? I could never do that. That's not right. So. Also, how old were they when they were making these jokes on each other? I mean, if you got brothers and sisters, you make jokes on your brothers I was going to say the same thing. Like, I, 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 I'm the only child, but, you know, Madison and Logan, they make all types of crazy older sister, jokes on each other. Two younger brothers, a younger sister. Like, how old were they when they but were making these jokes? But you remember when she gained weight? Like she was a little older when that happened. Sure. So she's How saying old? it was it was when the weight gain happened. Does it sound like it was when they were kids? Fluctuation. I, when nothing. she was Penny, she wasn't big. She was really small. When I gained a little weight, my kids made fun of me too. They told me I weight. I need a bra. Like they made fun. Well, of me she said too. she laughed, but she said it did hurt her. And why do I feel? Right to, she has every too. right to feel that way. And why do I feel too. like I, I? Why do I feel like I remember Michael saying one of the reasons he got a nose job was because he used to get teased about his nose by his family members. Mm-hmm. So there must have been some great jokes in that house then. They must have been all snapping on each other. Well, going I think, at it, I think each you have films. to understand the way that it does hurt people when you say things. They might try to laugh it off in the moment, but it can really have an effect on you. I agree. But you know what? That is That that has been a big part of our culture that's for a long up, time. That's Playing the dozens, up. that's right. Snapping on people, Cause teasing. Because he used to call me Metal Mouth and Four Eyes and Brace Face. I got all that. Shrimp. Well, just something Shrimp. to be aware of, right? And we still tease folks. All right. And if you come here with all that Beijing on their face, you're going to get these jokes. Stop it, man. Leave me alone. That is your rumor report. Oh, I want to salute to uh, the Smithsonian Magazine, man. They put out an article this morning uh, titled The Most Anticipated Museum Museum Openings of 2022, and they have the International African American Museum that's opening in Charleston, South Carolina this year on the list. Drop on the clues bombs for the IAAM. I cannot wait to take y'all on field trips to see that institution and salute to uh, Dr. Tanya Matthews, the CEO of that amazing project. You are appreciated, Queen, and congrats to you on making the 2021 Charleston most influential list, okay? Drop on the clues bombs for Dr. Tanya Matthews and everyone involved in the International African American Museum, the 843 all day. Salute to Z93 Jams. We come on Z93 Jams in the morning. Drop on the clues bombs for Z93 Jams. That's home, okay? All right. 843 all day. Up next to People's Choice Mix 800 585 1051. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Let's go. It's time to wake up. Yeah. It's the Breakfast Club. It's going on down. Angela Yee here. And my friends at the General Insurance give you quality car insurance for less. Check out their affordable rates and flexible payment options by calling 800 General or visiting thegeneral.com. The General Auto Insurance Services, Inc., an insurance agency, Nashville, Tennessee. WWPR FM HD1, New York. An iHeart Radio station. Let me put a little bit of the Breakfast Club up in your lifestyle. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. You are rock, 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 with the best. You don't need no other body. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, I just want to say thank you and shout out to all of you guys. You know, me and the wife, we have a book coming out uh, in April. It's called Real Life, Real Love, Life yes, Lessons indeed. on Joy, Pain, and the Magic that Holds Us Together. Okay. Uh, and this week, I think the next couple of days, Barnes & Nobles is doing something where they're giving 25% off of anybody that wants to purchase a book. So get over to Barnes & Nobles. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for everybody that that helped me with the book. Uh, everybody that that wrote something about me and my wife in the book. Uh, it's about everything. It, it's it's things that we've been through. So hopefully that you guys won't have to, or you guys can learn from possibly. Whether it's uh, insecurities, it's uh, right fighting, it's uh, cheating. It's you said right fighting. Yeah, I was a right fighter, meaning I'm wrong, but I fight to the end because oh. I just want to win the fight. 
when sometimes you learn that it's not about winning or losing, it's about understanding each other. Oh, y'all did, y'all did some therapy. That's therapy talk yeah, right yeah. there. I mean, yeah, we, we had to get there. We had to get there. We've been there, what, we've been together 27 years. We've been there. So things like that, we, we, we talk about raising our kids. Uh, love making, oh. keeping a relationship spicy, all that. We go you know, you know what I, I hope. That all chapter, that. I really hope sincerely that y'all get to go on a book tour. I hope that you know, COVID clears up because COVID has really stopped a lot of book tours. You know, and a lot of the, mm-hmm. the Barnes and Nobles haven't been allowing people to do that. But I hope by April y'all really get to go out there and do a book tour because. When you get to go out there and do a book tour, man, mm-hmm. and you get to see all those people in all those different cities that really, really support you in a different mm-hmm. way. It's, it's one thing when you're in the clubs and right. all of that stuff like that, but when you go to a bookstore and people gotta pull up to the bookstore to, you know, meet meet you and gear, that's going that's yeah. a different feeling. So I really hope y'all get to experience that. Yeah, I can't I, wait to I, have gear so on lip service without you there too. That's gonna be fun. Y'all can have fun. Y'all y'all can do what y'all need to do, but uh, <laughs> we're excited about that. Can we so. get an advanced copy? Yeah, I have only the digital copies. I can send you the it, digital all right, copy. Send it. I hate the digital copy sometimes, but I'll send you the digital copy. I you, want to I see want, the salacious want you to see the parts. With the pictures, because there's pictures in there. It, it really shows our You got that picture that you had them little shorts on with the knee-high socks? I did not put that picture you in there. You should. I'm I, not going to lie. Is there time? No. <laughs> and the picture she's talking about is my mom showed uh, Angelia a picture. <laughs> uh, you know the Jamaican shirts with all the holes in it? The mesh. The we mesh call it mesh. Yeah, I call it the Jamaican <laughs> shirt. I had that on. But back in the day... You guys wear short shorts and it was like you know what I'm not even going to explain it that picture's gone <laughs> we uh, wear short shorts <laughs> by the way a, that's true though you had the big glasses on used to wear biker shorts and stuff back in the day Absolutely. like that was regular especially that in Florida that picture was priceless you should have put it in there nah I'm good it I'm was good. like running shorts I'm good alright when we come back positive notice the breakfast club good morning whoa. Whoa, whoa, Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Hey. Now we got a shout to uh, Jay Shetty for joining us this morning. Man, salute to Jay Shetty. If you are not one of the 9.6 million people that follow Jay Shetty on Instagram, you need to be. Jay Shetty has one of the biggest podcasts in the world with On Purpose. His book, Think Like a Monk, is amazing. I mean, he's just a, a real leader in this mindfulness, mental health, meditation space. And man, if you just need help tip t- uh, health tips on self care follow Jay Shetty mm-hmm. trust me he's one he's one of he's one of my go tos Jay Shetty Debbie Brown I'm glad that people like that exist Mm-hmm. Okay. And I want to shout out to Kenya Garrett. She sent me a beautiful package of Fenty products. You know we love Fenty Beauty, so thank you to Kenya. All right. Well, leave us on a positive note. The positive note is simply this, man. Uh self-care, speaking of self-care. Self-care is choosing not to argue with people who are committed to misunderstanding you. Breakfast club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done? Mm-hmm.